American corn farmers, a proud and chosen profession inspired through generations. Tested, resilient, and committed to giving back as much as they're growing, pushing the boundaries of what's possible with every bushel, while replenishing every increasingly precious resource, like the reduction of soil loss by 40% with every acre grown. In a world where sustainability matters more than ever, we need all the help we can get. And there's no greater resource than the capable hands of American corn farmers. If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Play ball. Good morning and welcome to Wake Up with Wowie and the Kid. It's episode two. We are back for another Wake Up Morning with Slasher Sports. How you doing, everyone? I'm Christian Rao. You can find me on Twitter at Rao Report. And I got, as always, the good old Billy Graves. You can find him on Twitter, Hit City Kid. What's going on? Good morning, my friend. Good morning, sir. You're starting your day. I'm ending mine. Wouldn't have it any other way. Let's get the week off the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's going to be a fun week of baseball. We took a week off last week. Not by choice. Um, had some system issues. Um, I was not feeling well as well. If you notice, I wasn't very active on the Twitters last week. But I'm back. I'm feeling a lot better. I have my nectar of the gods here as I raise it Ricky Bobby style. Um, so I'm ready to rock and roll. Exactly. I don't know what to do with my hands, but uh, I, I, I'm ready to rock and roll. It's going to be a fun week of baseball. We have a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to try and keep it compact as much as we can so we can get you ready for your week, but we're going to talk about a lot of fun things. But Billy, how was your week? You know, I watched the Biloxi Shuckers more than anybody this week, and they just went on uh, a seven or eight game run of, of victories. And knowing that these guys have more top 30 prospects in their system or on their roster within the Brewers system than any other team. That makes them very exciting to watch. Pitching strong, but the lineup is fantastic. And, you know, you're getting power from guys that you maybe wouldn't expect. It's not the Garrett Mitchells. It's not the Joey Weemers. It's, you know, the, the, the support guys. You know, it's Gabe Holt leading off. Man, I first of all, I got a lot to say about Gabe Holt, but I'll do that on another show. This guy is one of my very favorite prospects, and I watched him all last week. And I'm going to watch him again this week. I'm not, I'm not skipping games, but I'm going to add in a few games, if you know there, what I mean. There's just so much baseball. It's almost hard to keep up with, but it is hard to keep up with, actually. You have to really yeah. do you have to really do a lot of work to make that happen. I, you know, I, I was hoping that, you know, the Norfolk Tides weren't in town. So this, this week, I missed baseball. I missed going. I was feeling a little better. The wife and I actually took a trip. And we wound up going to Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. And we went and saw the Richmond Flying Squirrels. And, mm. I had, and let me tell you what, <laughs> how cool. So first and foremost, minor league baseball is great. It is just fantastic. And yeah. they do so many family activities or whatever it is. But the, just the atmosphere is so much different than a major league ball game. Because in minor league, you really have to focus on your your targeted audience, your family style, your your city. You don't need to do that presentation, right? You don't have to do that with the New York Yankees or you know the Orioles or anything like that because you know they're the 
they have the, the talent on the field, the players that they know, the Aaron Judges, yep. the Trey Mancini's, things like that. So you see all these really fun things. And I have to say it, and I sent it to you and I put it on Twitter um, when it was happening. But the mixed nut race of the <laughs> Richmond Flying Squirrels. I was, love this. It was absolutely incredible. You had you had Cashy running it. You had Walnut on his way. But little did we know, coming from the back, from behind, to win it all, it was a photo finish. And we actually had a tie, the good old Almond Brothers. And I was the Almond Brothers. I was dying as someone who my, my dad is a big was a big musician, um, and I listened to a lot of seventies and eighties music. And hearing the them called the Almond Brothers, and one of them had a headband on, <laughs> by the way, too, a red headband. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was uh, that was fantastic. I was laughing. It was it was a ra- we got rained out in the eighth inning. They wound up finishing. I did not stay for the eighth inning. I will be honest. Um, but it was a it was a fun time. That that uh, stadium's really cool. It was my first time being up there. It won't be my last. And I had an opportunity to meet one of our IBWAA members as well, Anthony Anthony Murphy over from uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates affiliates. They have the podcast we love, love listening to, the Murfanko Experience with him and Cody Patenko. So fantastic time meeting him and it's always cool to put a an actual you know face to a name on on twitter someone we've been talking to for a very long time here but yeah, yeah baseball was was fun last week and that was just minors we we're not even getting into major leagues yet and there's a lot to talk about there yeah you know uh, you just mentioned the Murfinko experience and Cody Patanko Cody just got to work in the press booth with uh, the pirates for the first time and like he put out a pretty heartfelt uh, Facebook post and I just had to comment on it. He's a great guy. He's been on uh, my podcast, the hit city podcast slash the, uh, uh, you know, the nasty nine podcast when before the rebrand, but he's been on a couple of times with David Stegan and those guys are just great, even though they, you know, root for the pirates, but they are some of the more fun guys that I've gotten to talk to. So you, you love when good things happen to good people. Because it doesn't always happen that way. Absolutely. And we wish him all the best. And hopefully that that continues to happen for him. And he gets that more good luck. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. congrats, Cody. Uh, It's fantastic. Let's move on. Let's talk about some of our styles. Because we're going to be talking about a former Pittsburgh Pirate here pretty soon. About something that used to happen a lot in the past by a former Pittsburgh Pirate. But we'll get down to that in just a minute. Let's move on to... Our first topic of the day, and this is something I kind of touched based on a little bit in my last episode on Rao Report, and I really just wanted to get your thoughts because it's still brand new. And that's what happened with Clayton Kershaw on Mm. Wednesday night. If you don't know, Clayton Kershaw was against the Minnesota Twins on Wednesday night. He went seven perfect innings. Perfect. Seven perfect innings. Seven perfect innings, 13 strikeouts. He made the Minnesota lineup look like uh, a rookie ball team. It was incredible watching him. He And he didn't even throw his signature changeup until like one, one of the strikeouts in the sixth. He was, just, he was just on with everything, his sliders, his fastball. He was on. He was pitching like you remember Kershaw from 10 years ago. This was his first start of the season because he took a longer um, way to get come back because he took some family time because he, he had his uh, one of his new ch- his children was born. I think his, I think it's his fourth kid if I remember correctly. So, but, but he pitched during spring. He did. yes. 
He did, but that's why he's that's why he didn't uh, pitch like on the first opening weekend. This is why his mm-hmm. first pitch. So he's like, it took a couple extra days, right? So that's so that's why we're just seeing Kershaw's first start on a, like a weekend to college or weekend to MLB. But anyways, we're seven innings in. They're after the seventh inning. They're up seven to zero after back to back to back jacks by Cody Bellinger, Gavin Lux, Austin Barnes. That was incredible. Eighth inning rolls around. Guess what? Clayton Kershaw is not back out there on the mound. Dave Roberts and supposedly Clayton Kershaw both said that they're not going to go. Clayton Kershaw said that his limit was going to be 80. Obviously, he knows his body more than anybody else. But this wasn't a no-hitter. This was a perfect game, Billy. We even had a perfect game since 2012 with Felix Hernandez. Why did they take that away from us, Billy? Tell me about your thoughts about the near perfection for Clayton Kershaw. Well, I think it's the the simple fact that you just said that he knows his body and he's been on that IL and he's been criticized for a few things fairly or, you know, unjustly, but he knows what his limit is. And he knows that when he comes back, that no matter what's going on, when I reach my pitch count, that's where I'm going to stay. Now, there are people who have you know, said that, yeah, Nolan Ryan threw 200 something pitches back in this day. Well, we also know that we had to make a move. We had to make a change from the way things were being done back then. Like we have come out and said specifically, we have to lessen injuries because we have so many guys coming out of college getting Tommy John surgery, you know, and this is one of our veterans, one of our probably our Mount Rushmore guys. You think about Mount Rushmore pitchers of modern guys that are still in the league. You, you don't just leave him off of that. No way. So, the L.A. Dodgers, Dave Roberts, they know that they have to preserve that. They're already without Max Scherzer, who they had in the postseason and you know after the All-Star break. Trevor Bauer, who knows what's going on with him. Well, I'm sure they know a little bit more now, but who knew at the time what was going on with him? You got guys like Tony Gonsolin, who's only going to go about three innings. You need inning eaters, and you can't eat up innings if your guy's on the I.L. On the other hand... I've witnessed one perfect game in my life, and I believe it was Dennis Martinez. And that was a very long time ago. Okay, I want to say that was with the Expos. <laughs> it's the only no, this is the only perfect game I've ever watched on television. And I'd l- just like to pause and say that today's episode is sponsored by the AARP. Back to you, Billy. <laughs> Colonial pen. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, well, it's, it's, it's the truth, though. Perfectos don't come around, you know, but... I beg this question, though. We're trying to grow the game, are we not? Right. Okay. We want to make the game exciting, do we not? Yes. How many people, how many casual fans do you know say anything about perfect games and no hitters? Perfect games and no hitters bore the casual fan, if, if we're being honest about it. They don't they don't tune in to see pitching battles. Like the, the, that's for the hardcore fans. We're not losing fans by taking a perfect game away from Clayton Kershaw. That's fair. That's fair. If you think about it, it's probably the the casual fan is probably more excited about those back to back to back jacks that happened in the seventh mm-hmm. inning compared to what so happened. So take out the guy, take out the guy who's not allowing any hits, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean that I'm not saying that's the strategy. Correct. I'm just saying that we're not losing fans, you know, that, that would have come in had that's that perfect fair. game been allowed to continue. That's fair. The fan base is obviously changing, and that's why new rules are coming in. 
Um, and but with that being said, we still had a chance to see a perfect game. You and I mm-hmm. are not. We, you, we don't consider ourselves casual fans, and I think that no. we can both say that we are not casual fans. I wanted to see it. I would have loved to see it. I watched yeah. Hernandez's Felix's perfect game in 2012. At some point, I'm not sure it was live, but I remember it. I'm not sure if I caught the ESPN highlights or whatever it was, but I remember it mm-hmm. 10 years ago. It would have been great to be able to see that again. And, I may and, I may have tuned into the game as they went live right, to it or right. something like that. I think that's what happened with me too. Um, yeah, so like the Martinez game I saw from from game from inning number one, and that's you know my only claim to you know perfection in baseball. But at at the same time, though, Clayton Kershaw himself put this limit on on right. his own body. So how do you argue with that? That's true. That's very true. And a lot of people were calling for Dave Roberts' head, but it seemed like it was also a Kershaw decision. Either way, it would have been nice to see it, but. They obviously have a 162 game season, more yeah. likely more like 180, 190, because you're no, really- nobody's going to remember this when they're in the playoffs. That's know? correct. That's correct. With, I mean, we'll look back at it. We'll look back at it in the offseason and probably wish we had it. Maybe we can have a conversation in the offseason and show hey, Kershaw stayed healthy the whole year. Is that because, you know, could have changed in week one of MLB? But they obviously have a long season. They're thinking long term. Clayton Kershaw. Um, does he want a perfect game on his belt or does he want another world series championship? What helps with his legacy better? Um, I mean, a world series championship probably never hurts. Yeah. And, uh, it's going to be an interesting way to see what happens with the Dodgers the rest of the year, but obviously you want Clayton Kershaw healthy. One thing that I will say before we wrap up this segment, and move on is that I know it's not a perfect game, but it was a no-hitter last season. Corey Kluber for the New York Yankees, who's now in the Tampa Bay Rays, but he hit a no or he pitched a no-hitter on May 20th last year. Guess what happened on May 26th, Billy? He was put on the injured list. Sure was. So when you think of it like that, long term, Kluber wasn't the same the rest of the season. Kluber was hot in May. New York Yankees looked like a really good ball team then. Could have changed some things. Right. So maybe they're playing chess with checkers right now. Maybe they're doing they that. They could be. They could be. Um, all I know is that a perfect game is still only worth one win. Very it's only good. worth one win. Very good. You, you don't get to stand behind the line and get an extra point for shooting a three pointer like you do in basketball. That note, that perfect game still gets you one win, and you have to drag some longevity out of a guy who might not have as much longevity in him you know, at his age. I agree completely. Let's move on, but quick little segue here. I got a question for you. Pulling somebody while they have a perfect game. Is that an unwritten rule? How about bunting when you're up by 10? The next segment we're going to talk about is a little bit called the unwritten rules. And the reason I asked those questions is one, obviously what we just talked about. But the second question I had was bunting. I think it was actually up by nine. So excuse me, the San Francisco giants and the San Diego Padres on, I believe this was either Tuesday or Wednesday night. Um, were playing in a game and the San Francisco giants were winning nine to nothing in the sixth inning. Dubon gets a bunt down. Beautiful bunt, by the way, My beautiful bunt. I mean, if, if you want to, 
if you want to grow the game, in my opinion, home runs are fantastic. But if you can find a way to get these fast action, exciting throws at the first place line or first baseline to make them happen over and over again, instead of you waiting for a strikeout or home run, highlights are great. Home run highlights are great. But if you want to sit in the seats and watch those, those games, those, these are the fun ones. Anyways, hits the bunt. San Diego Padres are upset about it. Bob Melvin is clearly upset in the in the pen, uh, in the dugout. I'm sorry that the bunt happened. Some incidents happened on the first baseline. The first base um, coach for the Giants gets thrown out. But anyways, regardless, there is a lot of controversy going on with these unwritten rules. What's your thoughts about this bunt one first before we actually dig into maybe some other ones? Well, yeah, let's dig into the bunt one. And it's not necessarily the bunt. It's the fact that you're up. Uh, what was the score? Um, nine to zero. Nine to zero in the sixth inning. OK, uh, I happen to know that this game did happen on a Wednesday. It couldn't have happened on a Tuesday because the day before I was watching a Nashville Sounds game mm. where we, the Nashville Sounds, scored eight runs or seven runs in the eighth inning. Okay. Our sponsor from the AARP is going to be so happy that you just like indirectly said how great your multivitamins are working. Your memory. <laughs> My memory's on point. So, um, you know, try a uh, Vita mode. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the day before the, the Nashville sound scored seven or eight runs in the seventh or eighth inning. So that should tell you that no lead is safe, right? No lead is safe. You keep piling those runs on. Now, whether you think it's a gentlemanly thing to do to keep scoring runs, it doesn't matter. That can turn it. If the sounds can score seven or eight runs in the seventh or eighth inning, the Padres can score uh, the same number of runs, nine in four more innings. There's time to do that. Especially the Padres, someone who's a team who we've nicknamed Slam Diego for the last few yeah. years. Volatility the is the name of the game there, and they could have scored so many runs in those four innings. And I guarantee you, if they do score those runs, they're not going to hit the brakes if they start getting close. Very true, right? They're not going to they they make that game nine to eight. They're not going to pull up because they did them a favor back in the sixth inning, right? Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, I can even take it a step further and, and talk about a major league game that happened this season. It was the first game of the Toronto Blue Jays against the Texas Rangers. The Rangers were up eight to nothing in mm. the second inning. Yeah. And the Blue Jays came back and won that game 10 to eight. So Texas didn't score another run after that nothing. second inning. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things that happened, but that's exactly why you keep playing the game. John All those Gray variables together make a make a full game. And yes, the comeback can happen. In in, in the sixth inning, you have, you know. Uh, four more innings basically to play the six exactly. and then seven, eight, nine. Right. So there's time to do a whole lot of things. So piling on the runs while you can is something you should be doing. Now, if we're talking about the ninth inning and you're up, you know, by an egregious, you know, number of runs, you know, it's 10 to nothing. If you want to make it a rule, like go ahead and make the, you know, the, the mercy rule. If you want to Im implement that, oh, but there's no rule being broken. In. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> It'd be ridiculous. I know. But I mean, the the if you're going to complain about an unwritten rule, make it written. I agree. Gabe Kapler, the manager of the San Francisco Giants, stated the reason that he actually he applauded um, Dubon for. It. At first, it sounded like it looked like he was actually yelling at him or scolding him in the pen. 
Um, but the press conference later showed he actually was excited that, or happy that he did it and talked about, hey, this is a long season. This is a long series. This is a team that's in our division. We're looking to not just win every game, but win the entire series. And getting that bunt down might lengthen that inning, might mean that they use one more reliever. And in that case, that's a chess move. And I think that's fantastic by Kepler. Those are the things behind the scenes that you're not thinking about that makes the manager so vital to making sure that they win series. Think about it. If they just used that bunt and extended the inning just a tad bit enough that they had to pull another reliever out, that reliever is probably not available the next day when they play. Yeah. So it's a chess move, and I think it's a fantastic move. I'm all about it. And I'll be honest, I don't care what inning it is. You play baseball till you know, just like they say in football, you you play until the whistle blows. Well, until the ump says the game's over, until you got three outs in the ninth inning or whatever inning it is, and some team has a higher score than the other one, that's when you're done. But I don't care what inning it is. I've seen some crazy stuff. Chance Cisco for the Baltimore Orioles on opening day a few years ago. Jose Barrios was throwing throwing a no hitter in the seventh inning. Chance Cisco laid a bunt down. Be as a rookie, Chance Cisco did that. Ruined Jose Barrios no hitter on a bunt. That's baseball, baby. That's you rock know, and roll, baby. Well, there are a lot of unwritten rules that right. some are some are silly, some not really so silly. Um, you know, for, for a hitter, you know, you don't bunt to break up a no hitter. That's an unwritten rule. Um, I, I don't know why that became a rule. I, I guess it's a matter of hey, you know what? If you're gonna if, if you're gonna beat us, you're gonna beat us, and we're gonna try to beat with our bat. Um, it almost feels like a spite thing. Maybe uh, when uh, they though. try to, yeah, I'm, I'm bunt, bunt all yeah. day. Like, well, you know what? I, I wasn't like a high level player, but I did pride myself on being able to lay a bunt down the third base line. And yeah. if you're playing back so far that I can get on base with my speed, yeah, I'm going to do that. And it doesn't have anything to do with a no hitter. It's about setting the table for my power guys. That behavior rolls into another unwritten rule. And by the way, these are unwritten for a reason because you can't put them in a rule book because they're so bizarre. Yeah. But that rolls into another reason. If you bunt during a no hitter or you bunt when you're up by nine, your team could get targeted to get hit by a pitch or your stars could get pegged. Get out of here. Mm. I was someone said that on on some of the comments about Devon's bunt is quote unquote Bush League. That's Bush League. Hitting hitting a player for no damn reason. Yeah, that's, that's Bush League. That, that's no, Bush that League. we don't got time for that anymore. Okay, you want to grow the game? Okay, maybe that was cool in the 80s and the 90s, you know, that proved the point. It don't prove a point no more. We don't nah. get time for that. Um, there's no need to hit, hit somebody at 90 miles an hour of fastball in the ribs to prove a point. We don't need that. There, we got plenty of press conferences that you can find a way to use your words for that these days. We didn't have that in the 80s and 90s. We have that now, so chill out. Um, but, yeah, there's a reason the unwritten rules aren't in the rule book because they can't be. They're bizarre. How do we get rid of unwritten rules, Billy? In my opinion, the only way is to do exactly what Gabe Kapler did this week and expose, expose them. them. Exactly. Expose them. It's the only way that you can make them go away is expose them, find a way to beat them. They no longer become an unwritten rule. Make it norm. Make it a norm. If he does it like he did this time around, continues that all season, says, hey, do you want to do it too against us? We don't care. Do what you got to do to beat us because we're going to do exactly what it takes to us. Within the rules – the actual rules, the written ones, we're going to do what it takes to win the game. And that's what Gabe Kapler and the Giants did. They won 13-2. to 
uh, after that ball game was over and said and done. They probably wasted another reliever. There you go. Well, how about this, though? Um, hot take. All right, I'm going to read you an unwritten rule. Just say agree or disagree. Okay. All right. You do not swing on a 3-0 count when your team is comfortably ahead. Go for it. I don't care. All right. All yeah. right. Do do not spend your time admiring a home run you hit. Don't pimp your home runs. Mm. You know what? I'm all new school with that, baby. Bring it on. Do anything yeah. you can because that grows the game. I don't care. Be a jazz chisholm. Do a euro step at the plate. Do any bat flip. A biggest bat flip. Go on. Yes. Where I stand is you celebrate with your team, not towards the other. It's like the taunting rule in football. Um, yeah, yeah. Hype your own team up, and, and I'm good with it. Uh, you Only, start taunting the other team, it's a, it's a different situation. Yeah, bat needs to stay outside the fall line. Do not throw your bat towards the pitcher. That is <laughs> yeah, that is unwritten rule that I will ne- – that should be in the rule book. Yeah, that that's almost um, that's almost antagonizing. Yes, but um, all right. Do not steal bases if your team is ahead by a significant amount. Did Ricky Henderson ever do that? I doubt it. So <laughs> no, he uh, he would laugh at that. Exactly. Bring it on. Don't swing at the first pitch of the at bat if your pitcher, if the pitcher has allowed back to back home runs. No he's way. About to, he's about to get back to back to back if it's got if I've got anything to say. The Dodgers thing we just talked about earlier: three home runs on four pitches. Ugh. Three home runs on home. It was the first pitch, the first pitch, and the second pitch. So, wow. Do not work the count if your team is winning or losing by a significant amount. That they're brings saying, back like, to get the Kapler thing. Get, yeah, get the game over with is what they're saying. No, I don't, I don't dig that. Nope, that brings back to the Kapler thing. You know, right. strengthen our reliever. You're about to flip on this one. Uh, do not do not rub the spot where you were hit by a pitch. Ooh. We can keep that one. Yeah, Let's you keep got, that. One. No, yeah, that's just a that's mental fortitude. You got to keep that. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. Do not walk in front of a catcher or umpire when walking to the batter's box. Walk in front. You know what? I like that one. I think that's just, just a that's a custom and courtesy that I'm okay with. I'm okay. Yeah, with that to one. me that's etiquette. To me yeah. that's etiquette, and etiquette is different from the unwritten rules. Yeah, of the I game. agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, when you play poker, you have table etiquette. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, necessarily mean they're going to kick you from the table, right? But you, they kind of give you that side eye, like, okay, what's this guy do? Just my walk mind around back. My mind went straight to golf. You don't walk in someone's putt line on the green. That you walk too. around there. There you go. So. That too. Uh, do not stand on the dirt near home plate when the pitcher's warming up. Etiquette. Etiquette. Yeah. Yeah. Do not assist a member of the opposing team. <laughs> nah, you um, can do it. Yeah, you can't. Good help. sportsmanship's always needed. Yeah, I'm thinking like somebody helping somebody up, but you got friends yeah. on the other team. You know, it's like, all right, good yeah. hit, whatever. We're going to get you this time, but I'll help you up. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- this ain't the NFL. Um, do not speak to a pitcher who's in the process of throwing a no-hitter. I might be all right with that one. I feel like that is dependent on the pitcher. If the pitcher yeah. does, if the pitcher's like, leave me alone as a teammate, do your thing. You want them to, you know, throw the no-no the, or the perfect. The pitcher better initiate if I'm going to talk to him. Right. If- like initiate the conversation. I mean, like, hey, this you, batter is doing this, up? and I'm, yeah. So I think yeah. it depends. Right, I'm, I'm with that, and, and that's the last one I got. Those are some good ones, and you know what? As you noticed, a lot of them were just like, get rid of them, whatever, right? Yeah. And the rest of them didn't the really majority. seem like unwritten rules. They were just, you know, like you said, etiquette. Yeah. So let's get rid of them all. Let's keep exposing them. I think that grows the game better. Speaking of rules that are probably unwritten, some say you should not walk a batter, Billy, with the bases when? loaded. 
with mm, the bases makes loaded. Makes sense happened, to me. Happened a lot to the great Barry Bonds. Happened this week, though. For the Texas Rangers, you have a little sh- you have a shirt rocking it today. Corey Seager in the Texas Rangers was walked by Joe Madden and the Angels with the bases loaded. I think the funniest part was watching the video of Mike Trout figuring out, like, wait, there's the bases loaded. Why are we walking Seager? And, like, you can see him, like, <laughs> yeah. doing the, the math and stuff in his head, just, like, completely lost. It's hilarious. If you have a chance, look that up on, on the socials. But Seager gets the Bonds treatment, gets walked. It worked. They wound up only giving up a sacrifice fly instead of four bangers. You and I, before the show, we sat and listened to the Joe Madden um, presser at the end, him answering some questions about the about the um, incident, I guess you could say. And he seemed to have a very good response. What's your thoughts about Seeger getting the bond treatment, getting intentionally walked? Interesting. I didn't concept. like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. And the, the reason is. He, he said that he wanted to put a spark in his guys. I think there are a lot of ways that you can put a spark in your team. Okay. And the bonds treatment. Sure. We can call it that. But Barry bonds got walked with his team behind by uh, two or three runs. The The next guy comes up and he gets put away for the, for the win, or I guess for the, the giants loss. Okay. But this actually isn't the first or the, the, the second time even that this has happened. Barry it's been, it's happened since Barry bonds and you know who it happened to Josh Hamilton. Another for ring the Texas, for the Texas Rangers against the Tampa Bay Rays. Do you know who their manager was at the time? Ooh, was it Joe Madden? It was Joe Madden. So this is not a new thing to him. Now, my problem with it is this is Corey Seager. Okay. It's not Mike Trout at the plate. I mean, he Mike Trout's on his team. He doesn't have to worry about that. This is Corey Seager, a good ball player. But you know, the best way to really pump up your team is to get your pitcher to get him out. Okay, the number of you can worry about home runs, you can worry about grand slams, and that's all fine. But it's one game, and if you have to eat it, you eat it. Putting confidence in your pitcher, he took confidence away from his pitcher by saying, "I don't trust you to get this guy out." So if you don't trust him, get the next guy in. That's just my opinion. I don't think it's like a written rule. I think it's just or an unwritten rule. I think it's just a matter of keeping and instilling confidence into your pitcher. And saying you don't trust him enough to take Corey Seager, who people face every day. That's just to me, it didn't make sense. Now, the the fact that he they were ahead when this happened and it put him up by two runs. You said that it worked. We don't know that it worked. We know that they won, but they may have won in spite of the, this decision, not because of it. So. It's, you know, the, the jury's really out there. I disagree with the call. I would never want to, you know, walk a hitter <laughs> with the bases loaded who isn't just some ridiculously hot hitter. And we know that Seager's good, but, and, and he may even be one of the, you know, upper, upper echelon players in the league. But if you don't feel like you're good enough to face the upper echelon guys and, April, maybe you have bigger issues than than, than, than the, what it seems. That's fair. That's really fair. I will say, though, if they're talking about putting a spark in, they did win the game 9-6. to six. And the mm-hmm. crazy thing about it, if you look at the last couple incidents, Billy, the one with Josh Hamilton in 2008, Joe Madden mm-hmm. and, the, and the Rays won the game 7-4. to four. 
And then if you go back to the last time it happened, and this is probably the most iconic one, the, the one that happened with Barry Bonds in 98 against the Diamondbacks, both Buck Showalter walks him. Um, and then the next, you know, the next player line or pop flies and they thought it was a big, you know, going to be a big deal. Arizona wins the game eight to seven. So the last three incidents, the last three times that a pitcher was planning on traveling this summer, make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. I'm sorry, that pitcher intentionally walked somebody with the bases loaded. The team who intentionally walked them still won the game. In a very volatile game, though. Yeah, a no, very right. volatile game that baseball is. And we know that the Texas Rangers do not have good bull, bullpen pitchers. Right. Okay. They, they barely have good starting pitchers. I mean, they, they've got some, some decent guys out there, but they don't have just, you know, world beaters. So if you're confident that your team can, can go in and, and beat up on the bullpen eventually, then sure, make that call. But I also think that the home run that you're afraid of happening is a single digit possibility of happening. Okay, so the the best hitter in the league hits home runs in the 6% um realm, I guess, of his total at bats or total plate appearances for the year. And I don't believe in the clutch trait. You're as good as you're you're as good as you are, and if you just happen to hit baseballs with runners in scoring position, that just happens to be how the cookie crumbled over the course of the season. I don't believe in the in the clutch trait. I don't think Corey Seager's any better because the bases were loaded than he would be with the bases empty. Now he may put, you know, spray one. He may be better at choking up on the bat and, and spraying one out to the outfield somewhere, but I don't fear that he's going to have a higher home run percentage because they're, you know, runners on the bags. So again, I just don't agree with it. Put some confidence in your pitcher. Tell him to go out there and squeeze the ball and get it to the catcher. This is the first time we've seen this in 14 years. Do you think it's going to be another 14 years till we see it? Or do you think because of the new analytics getting more advanced and improved, we're going to see it a lot sooner? I don't think that there's going to be a majority of, of, of managers agreeing with doing that. I, so it's I think, just a Joe Madden thing. I think it's, <laughs> it's probably a Joe Madden thing, and it may be um, you know some of his – coaching tree that, that might make that decision as well. Um, to me, it looked, I don't even want to say it looked like an attention, an attention grabber, but you know, the, if the best player in the league is standing in your outfield and he's looking at your like field, like what, what just happened? If he doesn't understand it, then I sure don't understand it. I agree completely. Speaking of Mike Trout, he was hit by a pitch last night during last night's game um, on the left hand. Um, looks like it's nothing's broken. He will not be playing for a couple days, they said. Uh, at least one night that. they won't be playing. Um, 
and I think they have an off day after that. So good timing for the Angels. But we yeah. can't have him hurt. We can't have the greatest player in the game hurt two years in a row. Um, we need all those, you know, popping angels to stay healthy. We need Otani to stay healthy, Trout to stay healthy, Anthony Rendon to stay healthy. Because that is a fun I worry team about Otani. Yeah, this right I now. I worry you about think, Otani right because of his struggles at the plate or what? No, because they've got him leading off on days where he's pitching. You know, you. I mean, the guy who's your leadoff hitter is going to get the most plate appearances, and he's still got to go out and you know pitch a game. It, it just it feels like they're uh, back in the day. The Kansas City Chiefs had a running back named uh, Larry Johnson. They used to hand off to him about forty times a game, and then he disappeared after a couple of seasons because you know, he didn't disappear, but he just was not the same player after a couple of seasons because his body was just broken down. It doesn't feel like Otani is uh, getting beaten down completely, but it feels like that's a, a, a he's taking a long walk on a short pier. And I don't like the lack of rest that he's getting. feels like they're really putting a load on him and he's eventually going to run out. I would like for him to get a little bit more rest and maybe not even be in the batting order that day. That's fair. That's fair. And I think that they need to do that. They did that a lot last year with this new Otani rule. I think it's what's adding him more at plate appearances. Hopefully. He stays healthy all season. He's still trying to find a way. I misunderstood to... that rule, by the way. Right. I, I remember I, you telling me that. Yeah, I misunderstood that rule. I thought the rule was that he can pitch, and then once he's finished pitching, he can enter the game as a position player. Mm-hmm. But that's not the rule at all. No, nope. he can bat, and you know, and and pitch. He, he can be the DH, right, or whatever. He, he can he can be the DH and pitch, and that's sure. If he can, great. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, basically eliminating the double switch is what that rule does. Um, And, you know, you bring up a really good point. And the leading off role for teams has changed. I mean, Otani seems to be the lead off now. Someone who, you know, is is a pitcher, obviously a great bat. known for Andrew McCutcheon's leading off the Brewers. Right. And then against lefties. The biggest one that I think is crazy is, you know, (laughs) I know where you're going. Obviously Kyle Schwarber for the Phillies, but. Big Daniel Vogelback. Dan Vogelback. Pittsburgh Pirates is leading off. And there seems to be a a growing opinion that power right off the bat is important. But his on base isn't even that good. And that, you think it's, that it's would weird. be the stat that they would be more concerned about for leading off. Let's get the guy on base because if he's on base, then we have a chance for two, three, and four to drive it in. Great. At least one nothing going into the bottom of the first or the second inning or whatever like that. Yeah. That seems to be the better stat. Obviously, other offices, you know, big analytics that are happening, sabermetrics throughout the league think otherwise in some camps and are Get sticking with fast, I guess. It hasn't really worked for Pittsburgh so far because, you know, well, obviously there's a lot of issues going on with Pittsburgh. Let's just well, be it's honest. also Vogelbach. You know, it, it's Vogelbach doing it. So, I mean. It's just so weird. I just. I just don't know, you know, like, why would you not want to put like a Brian Reynolds or something as your lead off for the Pirates? As good as Brian Haynes, Hayes is, but you had Reynolds and Hayes one, two in your lineup. I mean, that's fantastic. The Otani one, I don't really, I'm not really against that one because Otani's a great contact hitter too. He's you versatile. Know, very when, versatile. He's, when he's on, when he's not putting CPR to his bat like he has this week, um, when he's on, he's good. It woke it up. It did. It did. It did. So. I just find it really interesting. We got to talk about it more when the series, you know, the season continues because they'll see if they continue to do this. We um, need a sample size of it. Right. And we don't have, we don't have enough at all. 
You know, we're mm-hmm. just hitting what 10 games in the year. So there's no way. I mean, let's wait until we hit the all-star break and let's talk about this again. Um, because yeah. I think that'll be a, a, a enough of a sample size to have a better opinion on it. When when Dan Vogelbach's leading off in the all-star game. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, he's an all he's an all-star at one point when he was with the Mariners, but he was. Uh, that's it. Okay, quick hot take. Is Danny Vogelback get traded someone at the deadline? Is he going to get hot enough to do it? Nah. Okay. Nah, he'll be a pirate all year. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's the only hot take for me for trades this, this week. <laughs> all right. Speaking of this week, let's talk about the series of the week. There's a lot of good ones. Um, the last time we talked, we talked about the opening series between the Yankees and the Red Sox. That was a fantastic series, by the way. Both of us did not have on our bingo cards that Garrett Cole would get rocked again by the Red Sox, but they he nah. did. He seems to have an issue with the Red Sox. Um, we'll talk about that, I guess, next Yankees-Red Sox series. We're going to hold that one in our pocket, wait on until next time. But series of the week, there's a really good one. Your mm-hmm. thoughts on what it is, I think we both agree. So who do you got? Oh, it's definitely got to be Atlanta and the Dodgers. Yep, And that's coming up to, um, like today, you know, so – um, almost said tomorrow. Um, it's coming up today. <laughs> Good morning. And what better story than to have old Freddie Freeman facing his his old team, his old team facing Freddie Freeman. And you, man, you know we're all over the place, man. We're in these Facebook groups. We're in you know Reddit forums. We're we've got our Twitter circle, but one constant that I see is the Atlanta Braves fan constantly bringing up Freddie Freeman. It's like they can't let him go. You have now uh, a first baseman, a fantastic first baseman, who's doing statistically better than Freddie Freeman right now, and you've signed him for multiple years, but you can't seem to get Freddie Freeman out of your mouth. And it's really weird. They Letting a player go after 15 years has got to be very difficult, but it seems like they're trying to convince themselves that it was the right thing to do. It was like, oh, I don't miss him. I'm glad he's gone. Uh, if he wants to do that, then to, to hell with him. Like, no, man, this guy gave you 15 years of his life and he wanted to go home. Right. Like, eventually let a man go home and wish him well. Like it, it does not make you less of a Braves fan. If you were to say, you know what, Freddie, thanks for your time. We appreciate the ring. You finally did it. You were an MVP at one point in a shortened season. And now it's time for you to just do your thing on a non-rival team. Had he gone to the Phillies? Sure. You know, had he gone to the Marlins? It would have been weird, but sure. But no, had he gone to the Mets? Yeah, let's, let's light the thing up. But he went to the Dodgers. Like the only real issue you have with the Dodgers is playing them in the NLCS. Which so. might happen. I mean, I don't know. Based on how the Braves have started this season, there's been some times they they lost to the Nationals by 11-1 game, and then the next game they won by 12. So, I mean, they're so hit and miss right now. Um, yeah, but they were hit and miss at the beginning of last season, too. They were. You're right. You're right. So, good, good call. Good way to bring that up. The Freddie Freeman thing is interesting, though. And I would say that, you know, they are a little more of a rival than – you know, obviously not a division rival, but hey, if we're if you're thinking you might see them in LCS, um, you got to put them in a rival at some point. They're a more they're a bigger rival now that Freddie Freeman's there, that's for sure. But but that's self made. I think that's a self made rivalry, and I don't sure. think the Dodgers feel the same way. 
This is uh, this is a one-sided rivalry. The the Dodgers are worried about the Giants. They're not worried about the Braves. Interesting. I like that. Yeah, Dodgers worry about the Pirates. All right. Okay. Let's see how that see how that boils throughout the season, and let's see what happens during the se- the series as well. Could but it does make an interesting storyline though. Freddie yeah. Freeman uh, playing in L.A. and he's facing the Braves for the first time. Kenley Jansen also making his appearance against his former team, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I said this during our series predictions for. You know, our, our preseason predictions, I said, what about in the NLCS if we had a game seven and it was the Braves versus the Dodgers and it's Kenley Jansen versus Freddie Freeman in the final out? Imagine that. Uniforms. I mean, mm-hmm. this at some point this season in this series, we're going to have Freddie Freeman against Kenley Jansen. Yeah. In, in a different multiverse here. So Miles Morales will be the umpire. It's going to be crazy. So, um, <laughs> Speaking it, of umpires, what's the what was the deal with uh, the umpire not allowing Kenley Jansen to throw his warm up pitches or any additional warm up pitches? I saw that and I was I didn't look into it enough to get an opinion, but it was just initially without looking into it. He's like, why? no, you you do not do that. You do not throw any more pitches. And like I get it, you had enough time to warm up in the bullpen, and maybe we're trying to hurry the game along. I don't know what was going on. That's the only thing that makes sense to me in my head. Is it's like, look. Like we're on a time restraint. Here it is, the you know the ninth inning, and you know we've been out here four and a half hours, and you're trying to throw more and more pitches. Stop! I'm gonna get this batter up. Got to be but fun. It got it, it got heated. If if you're waiting until four and a half hours to say we're on a time restraint, there's already an issue. So yeah, um, but I don't really know the complete answer for that. Yeah, I don't either. I will tell you what though, just initially, you know, umpires aren't always doing the best things right now. Um, and initially before looking, I know it wasn't, but I would probably say, well, was that Angel Hernandez? It wasn't though. But if we no. can find a way to throw slander at him in every episode, we're doing okay. So there's my, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. He did actually have a good call this week. I will. Okay. This is probably the only time I'm ever going to give credit to Angel Hernandez. Okay. So go ahead, Siri, press record, do everything you got to, uh, it's, but Angel Hernandez did do a good job this week in the nationals mm. and Braves game. There was a rundown from third and home plate. It was an easy call, though, but I got to give him credit. <laughs> Catcher Kelbert. Get back from him, though. <laughs> no. Sh- All right. So, um, Kelbert, Ruiz, Kelbert Ruiz, the rookie catcher for the Nationals, um, interfered with the base runner. And they ran into each other. Angel Hernandez stopped the play, dead ball, gave the runner home plate. It was a good call. Okay, and when I saw who it was, I was at, sitting at third base, who the third base umpire was. I was shockingly surprised that he had the cojones to be like, okay, that's the actual call. Holy crap, I'm making the right decision. It was it was impressive. So I'll but give this, him that. Here's my question. Has the gripe against Angel Hernandez ever been his on-field umpiring, or has it always just been balls and strikes? Ooh, good question. I would probably say the majority is definitely going to be balls and strike. I mean, I think that's an umpire thing in whole. Maybe in general, with the exception yeah. of nobody maybe... pays attention to field umpires anyway. It's like no, when you unless... remember something, you don't remember who the you know the third base guy was. You remember who the behind the plate you know guy. Unless it's a situation like this where somebody made a good play on a very memorable right. situation. You know, yeah, so. like the perfect game that was never was in Detroit. Just, yeah, <sighs> man. Everybody always thinks Bad. that's Joe West, and it's not. And I can't remember who no. it is, but it wasn't Joe West. Um, yeah, the, I, it wasn't Joe West, and it wasn't Angel. I just can't no, remember who it was. I can't remember who it was either. But um, 
look, look that up while I'm while I'm finishing this. But the really the the thing is is the series of the week. I know we wrap it all up. Atlanta, Los Angeles, going to be a fantastic outing. I'm really excited to see what happens with this one because the Braves have been so shifty. I'm taking the Dodgers. They're just warming up. Cody Bellinger's got a home run now. What's that? What if we wake him up? Who knows what the Dodgers can be? Because they've been—he's been off since you know same time as your Brewers since uh, of Christian Yelich. They've been off about the same time. So if one of them can figure a way to wake up or both, that'd be great for the game. But obviously, great for the Dodgers if Cody Bellinger can wake up. I'm not going to say it's going to be a sweep, but I say the Dodgers win the series. What says you? The Dodgers are going to win that series. The Braves are just—I don't want to say they're down bad. They're not down bad. They're just not where they were. You, you win the championship and there are high expectations and rightfully so, especially when you lose a big player and then replace him with a big player. You think there's going to be no drop off. There's always going to be drop off for somebody. Yeah. And well, I, the, who's going to be the Braves? Better? Who's going to be better? Who's going to be better? Matt Wilson or Freddie Freeman in this series? Cause you oh, know, eyes are, be on, eyes are going to be on that during the conversation, the narrative. So who do you think does better in this series? Matt Holson's pretty hot right now, but so Freddie Freeman's starting to warm up too. Well, depending on depending on the starting pitchers, I want to say the the Dodgers have more lefties, so I'm going to say Freddie Freeman. Okay. Um, I want to say um, is uh, Julio Rios. He's starting one of these games, I believe. Yeah, he should be. Yeah. So yeah, Freddie Freeman's going to going to do a little bit better here and i think over time he's going to do better even though matt olson's the hotter hitter right now comparatively stats by stat by stat um olson does have the advantage over time freddie freeman is going to level off Mm -hmm. olson's going to level off and you're going to see that freddie freeman is going to he's going to be overall statistically better but this series recency bias I, i just think you know the the lefty matchups are going to kill Olsen. Gotcha. Not gotcha. kill him, but it's going to it's going to put him behind. This is slasher sports, so we can say what we wish here. I mean, we got to at least throw that in there or something. I'm just kidding. Oh, what I wish is that <laughs> is that Olsen would just hammer everything that gets thrown at him. He's a former Nashville Sound, and I'll never forget that. There you go. There you go. What'd you find out? Who was that umpire in the perfect game with Detroit? What Jim Joyce. That's right, Jim Joyce. That's who it was. See, yeah. I and I understand why. They always think it's Joe West, but it was Jim Joyce. I'm, I'll never forget the press conference where he's like tearing up and crying because he knows yeah. he made the mistake. And it's just like, man, this feels, it's so hard to terrible. feel like you want to feel for him. But it's at the same time, it's like, you, you took it away. You, just like, you know, you took away Claire Kershaw's perfect game. This That one was obviously way worse. It was you know, not ninth inning, two outs. Yeah. And, <laughs> and was, you see Gal, you see Galarraga smiling at him like, <laughs> you know that was, what you just did. That was before the rules of instant replay, too. So, Man. all right, last topic of the week, and it kind of rolls in. We talked about Freddie Freeman leaving the Atlanta Braves, but what are your and how you know how the Braves fans are kind of a little iffy on it? About some are happy he's gone, um, you know, some trying to maybe that's just their way of you know reaching out and dealing with their 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 woes is you know saying I hate you, I never want to see you again, you know, like a bad girlfriend, Burn, uh, burning jersey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what are your feelings when players leave your team? I know right now um, you you follow the Milwaukee Brewers, but in the past you you know with the you followed the Rangers, you follow wherever the sounds go. So you might have some good storylines. I myself, um, I grew up a Yankees fan. Uh, I've transitioned over 
um, to the Orioles about a decade ago. So I've really been a fan of the Orioles. So I have a, fun, a few ones with the Orioles as well, but I'd love for you to start. What are your thoughts when players leave your team to another one, even if it's a division rival? Um, what's your general thoughts about that? Well, first of all, this thing is a business. Okay. No matter how you look at it, you see some guys give hometown discounts and you're correct. I, I do follow the national sounds wherever they go. And from, we'll just start counting from 2005 because that's when I came back home from the Navy 2005, it was the Milwaukee Brewers until 2014. That's a long time, man. It's nine years. Yeah. And then suddenly the, the relationship was over and Nashville moves to Oakland. Okay. And then four years there, the, the Nashville Sounds moved to Texas for the Rangers. We get one season with Texas, really two, but one of those was the COVID season and there was no minor league ball. And then that was over and we're back with the Brewers. So when I tell you that developing hard skin against relocations is in my DNA, right? it really is because not it's not just my favorite player. It's all of my favorite players going away because I have to move on. It's a unique experience when you favor AAA ball over MLB ball. But I can think of one instance where my favorite pitcher from the Milwaukee Brewers was no longer going to be on the team. He didn't take a crazy big contract. He was he was kind of on a downslope at the time. And I'm talking about Giovanni Gallardo. Okay, he was by far my favorite pitcher that you know ever played for any team that I watched. Uh, I just liked his personality. He could absolutely rake. Okay, as as a, a batting pitcher, uh, probably the best hitting pitcher I ever got to see play. And suddenly, he's a Texas Ranger. And that just felt terrible, but at the same time. That's what happens. This isn't the, these aren't the days where you know you see Larry Bird play for the the same guy the, the same team for his career or Daryl Green play for the same team you know his entire career. Um, I got to see both of those guys on my favorite football and basketball teams respectively. But it just doesn't happen in baseball. There are too many guys. There are too many situations to get paid because there is no salary cap. Okay, right. and you got big market, small market. Like those things, you know, th th that just facilitates change in baseball. My issue is when the fans take it so personally that they just wish the worst on the players. And it's like, man, like they, they gave you what they had while they were here. It's just time to move on. I have no ill will towards any player when they move on. I agree. I'm with you on that one. It's, it's an interesting concept to think about because – Growing up, I was a Yankees fan, right? So you never thought about it at all. We we got those players. We mm -hmm. we were the ones who who bought the players and, and came over or traded for the big names. So you that was never a mindset growing up. I was a Baltimore Orioles fan during the 2016-2017, you know, send everybody away. Manny Machado to the Dodgers, Jonathan Scope. I think he went to the Twins. I believe that's where he is. He found a spot in Detroit now, but I think he went to the Twins originally. Um, you know, Zach Britton to the Yankees. Kevin Gosman heads out. Dylan Bundy is gone. So there's a, you know, Matt Weeders went somewhere. So there was a, a lot of players that I loved watching on the Orioles, that 2015 ALCS team, 
no longer there when they went to the nuts and screws. I'm a huge Manny Machado fan. That's actually him and Adam Jones are the reason that really was like, man, this is my team now. You know, I once Jeter retired, I was a big Jeter fan growing up. And I was like, all right, he's finally retiring. I didn't really follow the Yankees as much. Maybe I should start, you know, looking for another team. And you're not in New York anymore. That's true. That's true. And Baltimore was close. Um, My wife has been an Orioles fan forever. We went to an Orioles Padres game when we were both stationed in San Diego and watching some of Machado's plays and Adam Jones plays and just the atmosphere and the energy made me fall in love with the team. So um, that's, that's where my fanhood for Orioles came in, but watching Machado get traded away. Which, by the way, some of those prospects are starting to take off now, which is really cool. And an article is actually going to come out soon um, looking back at the, some of these trades for the Orioles here on Slasher Sports. Um, but Machado going to the Dodgers, that would hurt. You know, um, Scope moving on, they, they hurt, but you're so excited to still watch him. I love Manny Machado. I still root for him in San Diego. He found his home there. I mean, yeah. not, a, not a better spot for Manny Machado than with the San Diego Padres. Um, Jonathan Scope found his, his home in Detroit. He, he does perfect there. He fits, be able to move into first base. Um, now he doesn't want to be first base no, much more because Spencer Torkelson's there. But when Mickey had to go to DH, he moved to first. Now he's back at second where he belongs. I, I w- I'm i with you. I don't think there should be any ill will. Uh, I think that if you find an ill will, I think that you need to maybe question your fanhood because um, at one point they did what they need to do for your team. And just like you said at the beginning of the segment, Billy, this is a business. Freddie Freeman. Got you an MVP in 2020. I know you said mentioned shortened season, so let me say shortened season. But um, and then in 2021, he won you a World Series. Yeah. Okay, he what was more can a, you ask? He was a big asset of that. He caught the final out. I mean, when you think of the World Series for the rest of your life, Brace fans, and you look back to the last picture of it, it's Freddie Freeman catching it at first base and putting his hands up because he just became a world champion. Maybe he, he won't see the he hand delivered it right. He's going to receive his ring during this series. So maybe you'll see, hopefully you'll hear more claps and than boos when he steps up to the plate. And it, in my opinion, it better be as good as Pujol's treatment when he returned to St. Louis um, after years being in Anaheim and finally showed St. Louis, what was that, four years ago? Before, obviously, yeah. you know, Pujol's with St. Louis now again. But that atmosphere, when Bush Stadium stood up and clapped and you could see tears in Albert Pujol's eyes because he knew the love that St. Louis was giving him. Honestly, Atlanta should be doing the same thing. The reason Atlanta is so upset is, is honestly, I think they got revved up over the Chipper Jones comments. Chipper Jones is their Lord and savior because he's been there. He was there forever. And he gave Freddie Freeman crap for not taking the hometown discount. Yeah. Like, come on, man. I'm always against. Yeah. I'm against when players are against players. Like, especially one who like, yeah, and, and plus, Chipper Jones doesn't necessarily have any room to criticize anybody. He's, I love Chipper, he, but I agree. Yeah, he's one of the most criticizable people that ever played for Atlanta. So he, he should just sit that one out. Like He's pandering to the fans, and yes. he's riling them up for no good reason. If, if, it finds, if it finds a way to make the Atlanta Braves fans love Matt Olson more, then, it does, then they do their job. You know, maybe, I think Matt Olson is doing that. I do agree too. I don't. I don't think Chipper has to do that. I don't think he needs. I think maybe there's just trying try, him trying to find a way to be relevant still, um, which maybe. I don't think he needs to because nah. 
Braves fans know who Chipper Jones is. And they love him. And yeah, and that's not going anywhere anytime soon. So why take away the love for Freddie Freeman for them? Uh, and then even the players have you know talked about some how Freddie Freeman and Ronald Cooney didn't get along. Did that need to come out? That was a who, that was a media thing. Yeah, I think that was a media thing. I mean, if it had to come out, whatever. But um, regardless, you know, putting it all back together. Tell me this: Who's the Braves catcher? Travis Darno. D- I said okay. his, I said his last name wrong, probably, but yeah, uh, Darno. Darno. So, yeah. so something I'm going to look out for when I'm watching this game, and I, I want to pull it to a scenario that happened in Milwaukee or sorry, that happened in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we signed Colton Wong that we as the, the Brewers signed Colton Wong, longtime St. Louis Cardinal in Colton Wong's first at bat against St. Louis. Yachty Molina, you say whatever you want to about uh, Yachty Molina. He's an absolute caballero, a gentleman in, in the ball game. He held the game up basically by, cleaning off the plate, just making sure the batter's box was good. He wasn't going to let Colton Wong step into that batter's box too quickly without getting his kudos from the crowd. He extended that ovation by doing that. I I wonder if Darno gives the same type of uh, type of thing for Freeman. I hope so. I hope so. But this is in Atlanta, so I don't know. I mean, this is in L.A., so I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Maybe they'll save that one for Atlanta. So yeah, maybe he's actually not getting. Maybe he's actually not getting his ring. It's waiting until he comes to Atlanta in June. So yeah, yeah, I take that back. So I think he is not getting his ring until June when they do it in Atlanta. That would make more sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it is in LA, right? Yeah, check that out. But what a show, Billy. What what do you got going on for you at Slasher Sports this week, dude? Last night, we recorded uh, a Slashers and Screamers episode for the movie 13 Ghosts. And I know it's not baseball related, but it is part of the Slasher Sports family. Um, Slashers and Screamers really kept uh, Slasher Sports uh, floating above water while the baseball season was, you know, in limbo. And last season after everything was over with, you know, we weren't, you know, pumping out a lot of content. And Slashers and Screamers, those guys were just religious about it. And we had a really fun episode, so that's going to be dropping uh, this morning. It's actually already dropped, but it's going to formally drop as our Monday, you know, our Monday podcast. And then um, I'm hoping to get some guests lined up for this Pirates episode of uh, the Hit City podcast. You know, Cody's going to be a little bit busy working with the Pirates, so I'm not going to bother him too much. But I do want to get some guys on to just talk about life in general. We don't necessarily have to you know, preview or review the games that have been played. Uh, we do that enough on, you know, our, our articles on the website, but I want to talk to these writers across the league and just know what makes them tick, you know, make what makes them fans, what they do in their, in their real life. And, uh, you know, bring you some interesting conversation, but that's what we got going on. And don't forget our K props, our daily K props. Mm-hmm. Those have been doing pretty well Doing damn good. Uh, with yeah, with the exception of Jordan Montgomery and John Means when they get pulled a little bit too early. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of brutal. But, hey, you, you don't bet money that you're not ready to lose, right? John Means to the 60-day IL hurts me. <clears throat> that's brutal. Hurts me. That is brutal. And I hate when it happens against my team, too. Oh, absolutely dreadful. The worst thing that could happen to the Orioles because now their World Series chances are over. 
Yeah. Uh, it was so close for them, too. <laughs> At least we have a reason now. At least you have a reason. <laughs> you'll, see a, you'll see an episode of The Raw Report come out this week, so be sure to check out and pay attention to Slasher Sports on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, MeWe, YouTube, anywhere you can f- look for Slasher Sports. We're there, and we're uh, we're ready to give you all the baseball content that we possibly can. It's going to be a fantastic week of baseball, everyone. I hope you all have a good rest of your week. Be sure to come in and chat with us on the socials all week as we will be providing you some top-notch baseball content. For Billy Graves and myself, Christian Rao, you have a good rest of your day. Thank you for waking up with us with Wowie and the Kid. We'll be back here again next week, next Monday morning, to give you it all again. But until then, take care. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit caron.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery.